we find out like i thought oh what did he do and it's like he got drunk and was called back to a hospital and just made a mistake that killed people like it's not it's not even that bad i, I killed 30 people it was 11 oh well okay that's not that bad i mean still double dig, but i finally watched Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David, and I finally watched, actually we both finally watched, Alien 3. Alien to the third power. So I don't want to go too in-depth about the struggles of this, but I was reading, and there are so many like little tidbits of information about the process of this movie. Um there was like i think double digits s- different scripts one of the movies involved uh first of all the movie didn't involve like some of the, a ton of the scripts didn't involve Sigourney Weaver at all cuz it was unsure if she was coming back some of the drafts didn't involve her cuz they wanted to go in a different direction with Newt and Michael Bean and Bishop then she decided she wanted to come back in um there is a version of it where she goes to a wood planet inhabited by monks. Okay. Which this is kind of, I mean, all these guys turn to religion. They're prisoners that turn to religion. So it's a little similar. Um, so then Fincher's brought in and then you have um, Walter Hill was a writer on this. And there's like a whole contentious relationship between them where the studio was siding with him with Fincher, but then also sometimes siding with Hill um, Fincher brought in a writer secretly to to write a draft that the that the studio became happy with, and then Hill came in and was like, "No, you have to use mine." And he got that other guy fired. Um, and then the the studio was really concerned with like the budget. It went from forty five million to sixty five million. There's apparently like a three hour cut out there with a sex scene and a a, a crazier autopsy scene. Okay. Um, the fact that this movie is even entertaining, given all that and like how ridiculous, like. So we we are doing the assembly cut, which is the two and a half hour version. Uh, you and I both you watched more of it than I did. We both watched the theatrical version. Right. And it's not crazy different, but it is like the assembly cut is definitely better. Right. Like for for uh, an alien movie, they're both like passable to me. Um, but I think the, the major thing for me about these, this movie is just like, are these movies is, I don't know, I guess given how late in life we're watching them and how old they are, it's like, they just, they all don't look great. The thing is, is that it's not like this movie looks better than the previous two movies. It looks much worse compared to the previous two movies. Um, I think that has a lot to do with using digital effects for the alien, not so much with the uh, like the practical effects that was used in Alien and Aliens. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like Alien is just there's there's a meme out right, and it's like Alien is really good, but I wish there was more Alien, and then Aliens comes out. It's like holy shit. Um, but then with Alien Three, you think, oh, is there even going to be? 
more alien. And I say aliens to the third power because the way it's written is like the three is small. It's like, you know, the third power three in, in math. Um, and it's it goes back to only being one alien. Really, except there's two, but one's a baby and you don't see that one. So um, it goes back to the whole thing of like. There's there's an alien on a on a ship. I think I read somewhere that the director of life movie that we just did was actually supposed to do Alien 5. And it's kind of funny reading what life is. Like seeing what life is, is kind of like an alien movie in and of itself, right? It's like it, like back to the basics kind of like the, of alien. The new one. Zach Knight, the new Zack Snyder, not Star Wars, Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebel Moon, I think it's called. I mean, that shit um, happens all the time. People will pitch stuff as something, and then they have to turn into something else. But you know, another issue with this movie is that, I mean, the stu- you know, the studio was after an alien movie because. It's like, oh, this is a profitable franchise that we know will make money. And by the way, this movie made money, was like highly successful, mostly over like in Europe and Japan. But um, like, but didn't have like a concrete idea going into it, like was in search of a movie, but didn't have it. You know what I mean? Like wanted just like knew that this could be a payday for them. Right. And um, I still with all that, I like I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. Um watching both versions like i said the 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 longer versions definitely it's better but also at the same time it's like what is this movie i guess it's just sci-fi right because it's not horror uh apparently fincher's original version was much too graphic like they thought it was going to get an nc-17 apparently the autopsy was longer the um the kills like uh the guy who goes through the fan blade was more grotesque you could see his face burnt off um so like it's just I, it's a little bit like in certain parts of the assembly cut, which is the one we're going to talk about. It's like it's it's going for like a very like theatrical kind of like dramatic feel, but also but like at the end of the day, this is an alien movie, and it's kind of supposed to be like this horror, very sci-fi elements, and so there's just like until you get to the end, it's a two and a half hour movie where it's like, there's not that many kills until you get to the end. Like, I don't know if there's enough and there's not enough shown on screen. I think for sure. Yeah. You could even argue that there's not even a lot of the alien shown in the movie. It it focuses, especially the assembly cut focuses on the characters uh, apart from, you know, it's like, it's way more about the, history of the prison and the prisoners and their backstory and establishing Ripley's where she is now mentally. Right. And then it's like bits and pieces of the alien here and there. I do want to correct myself. It was Neil Blomkamp who did district nine was supposed to do alien five. Okay. Yeah. Which alien five never happened. They did Prometheus instead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Let's get kind of into the beginning with the assembly cut. Oh, one thing real quick, though. Sure. So um, Ridley Scott did Alien. He actually and James Cameron kind of was hoping that Ridley Scott would do Alien 3 and then Cameron was going to come back for 4. But then the studio just kind of fucked around for so long and Scott backed out that uh, 
your your boy James Cameron was like, I'll just do other things. My boy. Your boy. My boy. Yeah, but let's get to the beginning. Um, I was like, there's a ton of stuff going over the credits, and I was like, I don't know how much I'm supposed to pay attention to this, but apparently this is all the due regard they're giving to Newt and Michael Bean and Bishop, like those characters. This is all they get for their death. It's just like you can barely understand what's going on um, over the credits as they die. Yeah, and it, it flashes to like bits and pieces of the ship. It flashes to like an actual alien egg that like burst open, right? Um, and then you get bits and pieces of like the the crab thing latching onto the cryo chambers, the glass breaking, stuff like that. And then the the module like breaking off and then crashing onto the planet. The uh, maximum security double Y chromosome planet. Yeah, like a work camp that's not really the the it's what's going on there is very it 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 is it, it does feel like um like they had to work around like all right well we can't kill five hundred prisoners right so how are we gonna have twenty five guys on the prison? Although that would really up the ante, right? If there was like like yeah uh, yeah, but the budgets wouldn't allow it, right? They were trying to keep it cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, you know, we don't want to talk so much about the, the, all the differences between the theatrical and the assembly cut, but what's so like the biggest change to me that makes the biggest impact is the beginning, uh, for the assembly cut you have, um, oh, what's his name? The love interest in this film. Uh, it's Clemens. Clemens. Played by Charles Dance. So you have Clemens actually finding Ripley washed up on the beach of this planet and he he there's this really cool shot of him like walking out there. It's like at night and the music and then he's running back with her over his shoulder and he has like a lantern in the night. It's very like a hound of Baskerville. So sort of this, the music while he's running back is awesome, too. I was like, yeah, oh, this, is, this is good. And it what that does is especially him being the one to find her, spending time with her, healing her, giving her meds it really builds up their relationship. Uh, and, and we don't get them, spoiler alert, they have sex. Uh, we don't get to that part until maybe like 35 minutes into the movie, 40 minutes into the movie. In the director's cut, she's still in the module when they find her. Like three guys, like the scout team find her. And then very very quickly it's established that Newt and the other guy are dead. Bishop is torn to pieces. She's the only one alive and the aliens on board, right? It gives you all of that in five minutes. And by the time they have sex, you're like 15 minutes into the movie. And I'll say that like, I think the beginning could have been quicker, but watching the assembly cut when Clemens dies that is so much more impactful in that version than the other one. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. You're like, Oh, this is a main character when in, in the theatrical version, it's like, Oh, it's just this dude who's there to die. Right. Well, um, it's because it also kind of establishes that that's the love interest. That's the only person who's going to be backing her, taking her side and understanding where she's coming from. 
And for him to die, it's not only like jarring to her, it's unexpected to us when it happens. Yeah. And so the other thing, um, you know, at the end of Aliens, it's like a very cool moment where these guys escape. And I think one of the reasons people hate this movie, especially if you like Aliens, is you just sort of undo that. And like James Cameron really hated this movie. Right. And Michael Bean hates this movie because of what it did to him. And I think him and Newt were willing to come back. Um, James Cameron was like quoted as saying like, oh, you know, I still think Fincher's like a, a great director. And I was like, well, he's, he's better than you. Like, obviously, I know like <laughs> your movies make a ton of money, but like, you know, put some respect on his name. Um, but I can like that when this movie started and those three people are dead, I was like, well, no fucking wonder people don't like this movie. Like it's, it's similar to like the last three star Wars movies, right? Like you have to have a cohesive story going into these. And when you just do, when you have like a really great movie, like I actually really liked force awakens and that sets up a lot of things like with the Finn character. so, So did I. Yeah. It sets up a lot and then just does nothing with it and goes in a different direction because you had no plan for this or you just didn't think like, hey, let's let's I don't want to honor makes it sound like more important than it is. But honor what we did in the first couple of movies instead of just like scrapping that in this one. Well, you um, go you go from different directors and you have different visions, especially with Star Wars. You you start with Abrams and then you move on to um, the Knives Out guy. Ryan uh, Johnson. Ryan Johnson, thank you. And then you go back to Abrams and it's just a contractual thing where where it's like, oh, you didn't really want to get rid of him in the first place or you didn't want to hire him in the first place. And then the director, Abrams in this case, who wasn't brought on for all three movies, feels slighted that he wasn't brought on for the second, so he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants in well, his in the- third, pretending that the second never existed. So it's it's muddled. You know, well, well, he did the first, right? And I think he backed off of the second because I think he was focusing on like the Star Trek movies or something. Oh, I thought they fucking fired him. No, no, he chose to step. Well, I mean, he I think he chose to step back and then the second one diverges. So and like the second uh, Last Jedi is, I think, a great movie on its own. I'd like some of the story choices I don't like. And I'm not even a huge Star Wars guy, like a, a nerd about them. Yeah. Um, I think like I think that's why. See, I like the Last Jedi too, um, but I'm also not like a huge Star Wars nerd. And I think that's shout out to Aaron. Shout out to Aaron Morgan. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, though, is I think maybe we can get by saying that because we're not that deep into the Star Wars lore. Yeah, but I mean, so then you have in the third one, you have a director who's like, "Well, shit, I need to bring it back to my original vision of the of the first one." And then uh, <laughs> Alien 3 just starts out, the face hugger returns somehow. So I think the assembly cut does a, a lot, goes to a lot more stakes, back to what we're actually talking about, goes to a lot more you know, effort to kind of show you what this camp is about, talking about like the celibacy of the prisoners, that they really don't want a woman in here. Yeah. Um, like scene after scene about that. And then we get Ripley when she finally wakes up is like, well, what happened to, you know, my crew and like they're dead. And she's like, oh, I need to see the body. He's like, why? She's like, oh, I don't, you know, I can't tell you. And I hate when characters do this because it's like, what's the point of not, I don't get what's the point of not telling them. He, she doesn't want everyone to panic maybe. 
Well, she also later says, oh, you know, the main guy thought I was crazy. You'll think I was crazy um, in the assembly cut, not in the theatrical, I don't think. And um, yeah, so she she's like, we need to go check out the little girl. And I don't know if you thought this was odd. But I thought it was very odd to show a naked 10 year old girl. I thought I thought so, too, but I thought maybe it was just. um, It's a mannequin, but it's it's modeled off of her. Yeah, but it's a mannequin, right? I know it's just fucking weird. It's like a no, weird thing. You would not do that. You would not do that. It's like in the last 10, 20 years, you would not do that in a movie, like no, a mainstream movie. No, it's definitely weird. I just was like, oh, maybe they can get away with it because it's a mannequin. Well, that's why they did. But I was like, it's just I don't. What's the point? I don't really understand. It was just it's it's like it all it takes you. It took me out of the movie to where I was like, what the fuck are they? Why? <laughs> like, Why did you make this decision? I mean, it's I guess it's hard not to. But I thought it was a weird choice, to say the least. Uh, and then she's like, we need to cut into her. And, and he's like, why? And uh, you're kind of wondering why he keeps listening to her until you realize that this guy's got so much jizz built up in him from not having seen a woman in 30 years that he's going to do anything Ripley asks him to do. And uh, so then they cut into the girl and they don't really find anything. Um, and then they... Uh, the the warden comes by and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I make all these decisions and Clemens sort of covers for her over and over again. And then she's like, we need to cremate these guys because she's like still doesn't trust that right. an alien's not hiding somewhere. Unlike Rebecca Ferguson in life, who's just like, oh, what's in his pants? <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's been through enough where she's like, we just have to burn everything. Let me ask you, if you kept being the person who just kept waking up and everyone around you is dead. And then that just keeps happening to you. At one point, what point would you just be like, just fucking kill me. Don't revive me. Like, well, Bishop was like, don't <laughs> please, please kill me. <laughs> please Ripley. unplug me right now. You um, know what I like? There's a, the, the, this longer version also has like scenes just between the prisoners. There's the one where like, oh, if you're in the mess hall with her, what are you going to do? And he's like, I give her the look up and down, the wink and the dirty smile. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You haven't seen a woman. Um, I like it when they're all talking about her and she's just taking the sh- taking a shower. And yeah, you like that shower scene, did you? Do you think do you think uh they were just as posing the conversation with her taking a shower? She was listening to them talking about her because she she didn't allude that she was listening. Or do you think it was just the uh, showing her naked in the shower and all the guys like right in the next room? I think you're supposed to think that she heard it because she then it actually makes more sense that she then the next scene after she shaved her head goes in the mess hall, goes right up to Dylan played by Charles Dutton and is like, yo, I'm here. I'm part of the crew. Like I'm part of the group now and I'm not going to hide. So like fucking get over it. You don't want to know me lady. I'm a murderer and a rapist of women. And then she goes, Oh, so I make you nervous then, which is like, it's just like the movie being like, hey, don't forget Ripley's a fucking badass, you know? Yeah. Um. So then and I have to ask you something when we get to this. So then she's like, yo, I'm horny. I've been out here a long time. Oh, wait, I, I we, we got to back up to the point where they burn the bodies real quick and they give that like sermon um charles comes out and he gives like so the guy the the warden or whatever is giving like this 
just very generic amen sort of thing. But then Charles comes out and he's he gives a very good. Sp- that's why she comes out, right, to thank him for what what uh, he said at the funeral. I, what did you think of the alien coming out of the cow in like inner cuts of that? No, I thought that was cool. I mean, they do something similar in the other with the dog, right? Which is that weird to you that they go from dog to cow? In that was a studio change. They were like the they were like, oh, the buffalo doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think it was a buffalo or bison, but I can't remember. They're like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So they literally paid extra to change it to a dog. Um, okay. And the only remnants of that are when the first guy dies, he's like Spike, Spike, and he's calling for obviously the name of a dog when he gets his face hit with ass and he falls through the fan. But otherwise the dog's not in the movie. Um, oh, that does make sense. Cause he's like, what you doing down there, boy? I thought it was just, I thought it was a cool, I didn't, I didn't get any symbolism behind it. I just thought it was cool to have the alien breaking out as he's speaking. I like, well, he was saying, you know, with every death, there's life succumbeth to the world. Something like that. Oh, something like that. Yeah. Good. You got it down verbatim. But I did think his his sermon or whatever you would call that, it sounded like accusatory. In the beginning, I was like, is he, what is he doing? But she, you know, he, he brings it around to the end and she's like, oh, thank you for your kind words about them. Um, but when it started, I thought he was like trying to make a point to her is what it felt like. And it felt sort of uncomfortable in the moment. I like when, uh, as the alien is breaking out of the buffalo, Ripley gets the nosebleed and then Clemens notices it, but like she's already wiping it off later on when she gets confronted by the company, she also has like a moment of like when the company lands, um, she has a moment of like, like a shiver went down her spine. Like she's, she has PTSD without knowing why she has PTSD at this point. I thought you meant like, ESP. No, she has like a sixth sense about like a, a horrible thing happening when like it, either PTSD the PTSD is not a sixth sense. It's post traumatic stress. ESP no, is like extra sensory perception. So which one do you mean? I meant P, uh, PTSD of like all the horrible things that the company and the alien has done to her in the past. But I guess it's it's sprinkled with I think a little you're bit of adding two concepts here. I, I, it's a little bit of sixth sense too, with like feeling that they've like landed on the planet with her. Um, also, we forgot uh, in this cut uh, we meet Gallic early on, and he's crazy and apparently smells bad, and people don't want to work with him. Oh, I thought they were calling him Garlic because he smelled bad. His name is G O L I C. Golic. I I I, I read it. Golic. I watched yeah. the movie with no subtitles, so I kept thinking that they said garlic. Oh, well, that's what I ask you. So they have sex, and then Clemens gets a, like a communication on his thing because that guy has died. In the in the Blu-ray that I'm watching. Audibly, I can hear Clemens's side of the conversation, but I can't hear what's coming through the communicator. Did you have that? Because uh, the subtitles had both, and I'm wondering if just my fucking my situation was messed up, my audio was messed up. Well, did you have a a little description in the beginning of your movie saying that because this was not a perfected cut, you will have audio problems? Oh, so maybe that's what it was. 
because I I had that little beginning message at my in the in my copy. My copy is like the first 2003 copy to come out with this, right? It's not it's DVD, not Blu-ray, and so it was like we will throw subtitles on when you are going to have difficult difficulty hearing it, and so it did. And then they went away when the audio was like fixed. So you know why this is called an assembly cut. Last thing to talk about all that is mm-hmm. because all for your quadrilogy that you bought, they brought back the directors to all, you know, do their definitive cut commentary or whatever. And Fincher was like, my definitive cut does not exist. Like whatever was filmed was like so fucked up by the studio that like, so he allowed um, like a friend of his who worked on the film, like he allowed him to come back and finish it. I don't know if you worked on the original film, whatever, but he allowed someone else to do it. And uh, that's why it's called the assembly cut. Cause he just was like, I'm not, huh. not involved. It, it's odd too. Right. Because you have like, just, just take the beginning. For example, you have her washed up on the beach and then, and then t- taken in by Clemens. And then the other cut is you have her already like in the spaceship being pulled out by the thing. So they would have had to shot, basically two movies simultaneously they're as like oh i don't know which one to do yeah well i do know that they like i don't know they apparently it was it was taking so long that they brought everyone in and created a cut of it just so they could see what they're missing and then they went back and like made changes so i mean the stuff they like subtracted and then and fixed i think could have could have been done in sort of a different way like when the guys go on the ship that could have just been done kind of differently um, you know, and not been shot simultaneously as a different version. Well, the, um, the thing too is when they show like going back out in the assembly cut, going back out to like gather the rest of the remnants of the sh- in the ship, they show that they have the, these big cow bison things with them in the in the director's cut and sorry, in the theatrical cut, they don't. So that's how you can get away with like introducing that the alien comes out of the cow thing because yeah. it shows that they're present on this planet anyways. Yeah. So Clemens uh, discovers the acid burn with that guy that got killed through the, through the fan. He wants to talk to Ripley about it. She won't talk about it, but then he's like, you know, tell me why you have a prisoner's tattoo when you say you're not a prisoner. Um, So then he goes to the warden who's like, uh, you know, we just got a call that we have to fucking protect this lady like tell me everything you know and he's like basically tells him to fuck off and he's like i will tell her about your history which we find out like i thought oh what did he do and it's like he got drunk and was called back to a hospital and just made a mistake that killed people like it's not it's not even that bad i I killed 30 people it was 11 oh well okay that's not that bad i mean still double dig but it was not all 30 like yeah. you know 19 yeah. people live so um and then she's like i need to listen to what like the recorder out of the out of the plane or she, and uh she needs to get the data from the plane there's no computers so she has to go get bishop while she goes to get bishop um the dude from mind hunter tries to uh rape her that's the dude from mind hunter yeah the big guy from mind hunter mm-hmm. yeah the yeah not, oh, not no, Jonathan not Ed Groff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like it's his partner though. It's right. the FBI guy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's that's why he looks so familiar. I also, saw him. Also uh, directed by Fincher. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, the interesting part in this is like, okay, so in the assembly cut, you have that conversation between the inmates, but but the specific one that I thought you were going to bring up is the one where they talk shit about Gallic, and they're like, I don't want him on our fucking like scout missions anymore. Yeah, I mentioned that, and, and uh, Dylan told him to fuck off, that you just have to work with him. Right, right, because he's like crazy, right? And smells bad. And smells bad. Don't forget right. that part. But the uh, guys who go and like try to rape her, those are the same guys talking shit about Gallic. But Gallic isn't in this. No, well, I don't know if they're the same guys. Honestly, everyone's heads are shaved, and like you know, it's kind of like fucking guess What's who. The, or it's like, a teardrop tattoo. Oh yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, they all kind of run together for me. Those guys try and do that. Then the guys in the next scene, the guys that go on patrol with Gallic. They both die. Gallic escapes. And Gallic is back in like the infirmary chained up. And the warden is like, oh, he fucking killed them. And Dylan's like, well, he's saying he didn't and he never lies. And then this is when she decides to tell. uh, Tries to tell the warden about the alien, but won't tell the dude she just banged about the alien. And he's like, you're a fucking idiot. That's not real. So you know another kind of a weird thing, and this is this gets to my final point with the difference between the two cuts, is that the the way they treat Gallic in the assembly cut is that he's like kind of a kind of like has a mental disorder where he's like not very speech heavy and he just seems kind of like a loon, but in the in the uh, theatrical cut he's just a normal dude who like goes a little crazy when he sees all his pals being slaughtered by the alien but before that he's just like a pretty normal dude they don't up like he's an insane person and they do that in the assembly cut because he escapes and like bonks the dude on the head and like ends up letting the alien out of the uh the big room the big toxic waste room right yeah we're not there yet no i know i was just i was mentioning Gallic in that sense because because in the director's cut that they don't treat him as a total crazy dude um they cut out that entire segment in the theatrical cut yeah actually probably one of the things i didn't like about the assembly cut the most is the whole like oh we've trapped the alien and now we're just going to have this crazy guy let him back loose. And I was just like, that's it's just like a waste of time. And the theatrical cut shows that if you just cut that out, you're not really missing anything of the movie. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I um, I actually like when watching the theatrical cut because I wasn't paying that much attention. I was like, oh, shit, wait, how do they even do that? And it's just like, oh, when the fire explodes everywhere, they're just like, oh, unsuccessful. And they like basically cut to the end scene where they're like how do we do this which i think is a like if you're wanting a leaner movie that was like a fine way to do it to me um no definitely yeah so the alien kills clemens which we talked about it's very cool scene and then probably the most i'd say like one of the most iconic shots in the franchise yeah is her up against the wall with the alien coming up to her, sticking the little alien tongue head out at her and then running away. So when I first saw this, I was like, why 
is the alien leaving her alone. I had no idea. So that was like a crazy, like the movie lets you know later on when she's like acting sick. I was like, oh, oh, she's got a fucking alien in her. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But one thing I read is that the studio refused to let Fincher film that scene. And he said, fuck you and just did it. Yeah, it's it's one of the most iconic scenes. And like you said, not just this movie, the entire franchise, there's like, like, okay, I don't even know how to like put this into words. When, when studios are putting um, like compilation shots of like the biggest movies in the world, the biggest movie franchises in the world, and they have Alien in there. That's almost like the one out of two or three scenes that you're going to show in your compilation shot. Yeah, like in a in a Sigourney Weaver like reel, that would be in there. That one, and when she comes out in Aliens in the uh, in the robot, and she's like, "Leave her alone, you bitch." Except I'd never seen that before. Oh well, see, this one's even more I iconic. Seen this one, yeah, yeah. Um, so it runs away. And then uh, she, I I do love she runs to the mess hall where they're talking and she's like, it just killed Clemens. And he's like, get this fucking crazy woman out of here. And he immediately dies. Like, I was like, all right, good. I don't want to like if the movie continues on with this, like them not believing her as like they get picked off one by one. I was like, that would be infuriating. The so. fucking funniest part of this whole movie is when the warden dies. And then the very next shot is the guy cleaning up the blood. <laughs> Why is he cleaning that? Why is that a priority right now to clean that up? I don't know. Oh, wait, when um when the other guy, when the discount Christian Bale guy is like in that cafeteria with them as the warden is getting killed and everyone's dead silent and he just goes fuck <laughs> are you talking about uh the guy who survives morse yeah morse discount <laughs> i think he'll take that yeah um so they're now like all right who's in charge and they start calling him 85 aaron the, and i like the reveal of why is pretty funny later on but i was like why the fuck are they calling that um and then they're talking about, you know, the next plan and they get the toxic waste disposal thing and uh, they they blow they like in doing it, they're they're putting this toxic, like flammable chemical everywhere. Right. And then, of course, someone drops a fucking thing and it just explodes the whole thing. And I love how Aaron screams like, I didn't give the sign yet. <laughs> it's like, what are you? it's too late to yell at them for that. Um, I also like that's one of the spooky little jump scares that when he drops the thing and he goes down to pick it up, it shows it shows that like underneath shot of him and you could see the alien at the other end of that tunnel or the the other end of the the ladder, and then when he looks back up, it's gone. And I I don't know. That was one of the cooler shots of the film. Also, what's cool is in this version, Junior played by Holt McCallany, who we just talked about, who's in Mindhunter. Uh, not a redemption because he tried to rape a lady, but he does sacrifice himself to get the alien in that tank. And then you, you know, hear him screaming as he's being murdered to death. Um, so that was like a cool little bit. I love when Gallic escapes and he goes to like open it back up. He's like, I got to see that dragon again, dude. <laughs> um, that's how he talked, right? <laughs> um, 
he opens it up and then it just like opens it up to black and then it cuts to like them finding out that the alien is escaped. So they go out to look at it and all you have is just like a puddle of blood where, where Gallic was. And you're like, yeah, of course, of course that's what's going to happen. There's one conversation before this scene where, um, Dylan is like, you want us to put our ass on the line to save you? And she's like, your ass is already on the line. It's like, yeah, what the fuck are you talking? Like, it's already started killing you guys. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that either. I mean, it, it's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, you want us to help you? She's like, bitch, I don't care. I'm dead either way. But, you know, like. <laughs> I thought it was cool when she's trying to prove to Aaron that they're not going to kill this thing. When she's like, hey, we have it trapped. We're going to kill it. And they're like, permission denied. Do not kill it. Do not kill it. Which, in the end, when the f- bishop, the real bishop, or another bishop android, whatever you think that is, um, tells her, like, oh, no, of course we have to destroy it. It's like, well, but we know that's a lie, at least in this version, because she asked to kill it, and you guys said no. Like, so we yeah. know that's a lie. Yeah, that's not there in... in The theatrical. The theatrical. It's, it's replaced by something where it... it that transmission they're more concerned about keeping ridley alive and quarantined yeah well no i think that one happens in both of them too so so they have it trapped at this point and i was like there's an hour left into this movie that's not good so like how is this thing getting out like what's going to happen and so you have this golic storyline which i was like not not my favorite um i do like that he dies immediately that was nice um he cuts that one dude's throat like so fucking fast and he's like sorry 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 um and so now you have all the guys after they realize the aliens escaped they're all arguing and they're like what the fuck do we do and they're like oh let's make it to the furnace and they're like oh fuck that's that's such a smart idea <laughs> um and then she wants to there's the scene where she wants to tell the company that the planet is toxic so they need to kill the whole thing and aaron just signs out and he's like nope i have a family which is like how is this like mentally challenged you you know an 85 isn't like that low crying oh, that probably says a lot about you like what <laughs> yours is that you're like, <laughs> like the guy in the meme like it's actually really good that's like a, that's actually like a really high score no i and i've never taken an iq test i just looked it up because I, I i wanted to know and apparently like an average iq test is between 85 and 114 and so it's it's on the bottom side of the average but it's still labeled as average maybe for brits it's like low um, I don't Maybe know their uh, their testing is a little different. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't also, know. the computer message screen as she walks away shows that they got her neuroscan, so they know. Yeah. And we kind of knew, knew that earlier because Bishop says like the company gets everything from the ship. Exactly. Um. So she then realizes that hey, it's not going to kill her, and so she tells Dylan like, hey, I need you to kill me. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you until we kill this thing. Because he's like, yeah, yeah, the one inside of you could wipe out the universe, but so can this one. So we're like, we need to kill both. And you're the only one who has the experience of killing them. So we now get to all of that that happened in between there, between that and where they plan, like between the fire and then now when they're doing the final plan, all that was pretty much not in the theatrical version. And so now she's like telling them like, hey, we have to kill this thing because they're and, you know, Aaron's like, no, let's wait. 
because you know the company will help us kill it and she's like they're gonna kill us more likely than they'll kill that alien you're talking about the scene where they're all together and like the big piping structures and they're all like hanging out in the different things yeah yeah and then great speech by dylan to get them all hyped up to kill this thing um and then we just have like one of the most hard to follow scenes which is i think the like the anarchy created in the scene is kind of like what the prisoners probably felt like when they're like, you know, this aliens chasing them, they're running for their lives. They don't know where they're going. Like, I don't know. I, it, it was cool, but it's like, I, I cannot follow what is happening. I didn't get it either. I was like, okay, so they need the alien in this chamber and then they need to close up all the doors so that when the piston comes, it pushes the alien into where they pour the hot lead. But then how, why up and down like a maze of hallways? Why not just like, Hey, follow me into here. Close all the doors at once. I mean, that's a, that's a good question that I don't have. uh, I don't have the answer for. Um, I did like the, so Pete, Hostile weight, his death, I thought was pretty cool where he like thinks oh, he's got the alien on the other side and it comes from behind. Yeah, that one was cool. I he also like town that we did. Oh, I like to point that out for you. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I like the death where the guy is uh, the guy with the bandage on his head is running down the hall and then he almost thinks he's out and he's like at the cusp of the door. But then his body, I assume from the alien, just fucking explodes into a million pieces. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, so they get the alien in the piston by like kind of using um, Dylan sort of uses Ripley as like bait, like, hey, I'm going to kill her. So the alien follows them. They get into that room and then Ripley escapes and uh, Dylan has to stay in there and die because the alien is going to escape if he does. And so then he's getting eaten alive by the alien as the lead gets poured. And then the jumps out of the fucking lead. And I, I guess I don't understand how lead works because if you pour water on lead, it makes it explode. So it showed it earlier with the fire when they doused everything in in the toxic thing and everything caught on fire in the scene prior. It showed this like metal bucket that got heated so much. But then when uh, he hits the sprinklers and it cools down, the bucket splits. Right. Okay. So it was trying to tell you, like, that's the same thing that's going to happen with the alien. The alien is encased in this, like, hot metal. And if you quickly cool down hot metal, it splits. Don't ask me why his entire fucking body shattered in a billion pieces. But if it didn't, it wouldn't be very cinematic, would it? Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I like that they tried to explain the science to me because I was not I was not following it. Um, and then Bishop shows up as a human question mark. Um, no, I mean, he got his face like half torn off. You could see that he was an Android and then him screaming. I'm not a droid. Makes me think he's a droid. He's a droid that doesn't know he's a droid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's like, uh, no, I don't trust you that you're going to kill this thing. And she kills herself. Um, and Morse is the only one that survives. And uh, so Fincher filmed the scene that we have in the assembly cut that you and I watched. The studio was like, no, we want the alien to burst out of her as she falls. And he's like, that's fucking stupid. 
but they made him film it and that's in the theatrical version. I don't I don't really care for either. I think I probably think his is better. I liked it. I liked it, actually. The the alien bursting out of her chest. And I'll tell you why. And you didn't see that part, right? No, I did. You did? Okay. So I liked it because as she's falling, the alien bursts out. She grabs the alien and and like makes fucking sure that it is not escaping this time. And I like that part about it. Yeah, but I thought like, I don't know. I thought it just felt more like kind of. But but you can really have it or not, right? Like, I don't think it, it detracts or adds to the story very much. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think like the symbolism of her just falling kind of gracefully and like, like Jesus herself to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, dying to save the whole world universe. Yeah. Um, and then Morse gets to be the only one that lives. And uh, they've got that little like, I like the this is Ripley signing off thing from the first one. But they have that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a perfect way to end it is her saying this is Ripley signing off and then just go to the end credits. But then they have another thing where it's like the company report about what happened. I was like, why the fuck do I need that? I saw the movie. Why do I need you guys to write that on the end screen? I don't think I noticed that. Did I notice that? Because it's stupid. That's why you didn't notice it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, look, I mean, this is kind of a funny franchise in the sense that if Alien, the first movie, was the only movie made, then it could it could just be a standalone, right? Aliens is the sequel to that, and that movie ended so well that that could have been a standalone, or not not a standalone, but like it could have just been a sequel, and that's it, just two films. This movie is made, and it kind of just fucks up the last movie, right? It fucks up Aliens, and but then it could be like, yeah, okay, fine, it ends that way. But guess what, David? There's a fourth movie. Apparently, it takes place like two decades or two centuries later or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Everyone is like in their Blade Two era. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how Ripley gets back. Honestly, um, probably a clone of some sort or something. Yeah, they probably have her DNA. I imagine on file. Yeah. So they were like, "Wow, we uh, we have an alien." Paul Riser from the from the last movie saved it. Uh, yeah, they're like, "We have an alien problem. We're just gonna we're gonna clone the only person that uh, has killed a bunch of them." Uh, you know who else is in that film? The fourth one. The fourth one. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah, I looked it up before this. Um, oh, it was an uh, it was not a bison or a buffalo. It was an ox, apparently. Oh, an ox. Um, last thing is, so this movie almost ruined David Fincher's career, um, but Sigourney Weaver like publicly has said that uh, 20th Century Fox were fucking idiots and they all like ruined this movie and like she was very impressed with his uh, his direction, although. <laughs> There are a lot of other people that have worked with him, especially on this movie. We're like, yeah, he's horrible to work with. I guess like in the first scene, she's like, you know, where her eye is fucked up. So that's a, like a contact lens. So she can't right. see out of it. And then from what I read, he like actually like spread lice on her. <laughs> so I was like, what? Lice? Yeah, this is what I read. I mean, it doesn't sound fucking crazy. Um, the other thing is, so uh, the producer, uh, Arnold Coppelson, 
uh, knew that the management at Fox was horrible and stupid. So he gave Fincher another shot in a little movie called Seven. And, uh, you know, he did much, much better with that. I I kept watching this movie and I kept uh, telling my wife, I was like, from the director of Gone Girl, somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this movie, it's like, you don't see like a definitive like Fincher style uh, no, from it. But I think that's also not. just because like, you know, the technology has changed and um, also the, the alien, the alien franchise has such a definite style within of itself. It's hard to throw a director in there with being like, hey, make it your own, buddy. You know? Yeah. Which is why they brought Ridley back because they're like, eh, this is not doing great. Um Overall, this was not as bad as I think people have made it out to be. I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll enjoy the fourth one, but we'll find out. We'll find out next year. Next year. Yeah. I mean, I I like I ha- I feel the same way. I I feel like there's a lot of actually good parts of this movie. If you can get through the first, well, it depends on which cut you you watch, right? But if you can get uh through like the first fifteen minutes and like come to peace with the fact that new dies then it's like okay forget it just forget aliens ever happened this is a whole new fucking movie this is a whole whole new thing uh there's some really cool parts in this and then the way it ends i think is a good way to be like hey look uh this this is over now except it's not (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of i finally watched this is david and this is alon And we finally watched Alien 3.